Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. But there are two things that I think we need to focus on when it comes to spending our money. The first thing is this, we should be using the things we spent money on for the kingdom of God whenever possible. And the second one is this, which is our main point for this section. Don't allow your material wealth to become your savior or your source of everlasting fulfillment because it will fail you time and time and time again. I promise you that. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. In the New Testament, Jesus had a lot to say about heaven, hell, faith, and salvation. But there is one topic that Jesus talked about more than all of these topics combined, how to manage money. In fact, one in 10 verses in the New Testament is about managing money. 16 of the 38 parables are about how to manage money. One in four teachings from Jesus are about, you guessed it, how to manage your money. In this series, we're going to dig deep into Jesus's teachings about this important subject. The reason we are doing this isn't because God wants something from you, it's because God wants something for you. You see, God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. That is why the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our hope is that through this series, you will gain insights into how to have more margin, less debt, an increase in peace, a decrease in greed, and most importantly, a greater appreciation for all that God has given you in Jesus. We want to extend an invitation to you. If you live in or are visiting the Denver metropolitan area, we would love to have you attend a service at Valley View Christian Church this Sunday at 9 or 10.30 a.m. Now please enjoy today's message. I just want to say welcome again. We're so glad that you guys are with us today uh, for Family Sunday. If you uh, don't know who I am, my name is Juan, and I have the pleasure of being the student pastor here at Valley View. Um, So any Sunday that I get to spend with you guys, it is a true pleasure. Um, I enjoy it. You're not as fun as the teenagers, I'll be honest, but I'm here. Um, But hey, we're going to go into a time of offering uh, right now. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and invite the host to come forward and collect that. If you came ready to give uh, today, you can just put your hand up in the air and one of the hosts will come by and collect that from you. Um, may, I just want to say thank you. Um, I want to say thank you to you for your continuous generosity because of your generosity, we get to do awesome things at this church. We get to have a, a very thriving uh, children's ministry and student ministry that you can tell teaches people a lot of things about money, like how to afford a rainbow car. Hello. Um, but, you know, we, we get to do those awesome things along with special events that we get to do. We also heard about summer camps coming up. Summer camps, uh, last summer we were able to sponsor every single student. We were able to scholarship every single student that needed a scholarship so they could go to camp. Um, because of your generosity, money is never an issue for our students and our children's um, as far as it comes to events and things like that. So I want to say thank you to you. Um, and a couple other ways you can give. There are some black boxes on the side of the room and on the back of the room. And one more thing I want to point you towards is outside in the lobby, there is a table with a sign that says generosity trailblazers. And that is a term that we've coined here at the church for people that sign up to have a reoccurring gift uh, here at Valley View and partner with us in that way. As um, you know, we want to say thank you to you for for making that sacrifice from your finances. Um, So if that's something that you'd like to sign up for, please go ahead and do that after service. Um, Let me pray for our offering and we'll hop in. 
Father God, uh, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for uh, just the people that are in this room and the people that are tuning in online. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning that you would speak through me, Lord. Use me as your mouthpiece. May my words not be my words, but they be your words. Lord, I pray for the people in this room that are tuning in, Lord. Would you open their ears and their minds to what you have to say? And Father, I pray for this offering as it's being collected and given. Uh, Father, thank you for what you've given us so that we may in turn bless others. Um, and Lord, I pray that you take this money and these resources that these people so freely give um, to just continue pushing the kingdom forward uh, and just reaching more and more people for the gospel. Lord, thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All righty, so if you couldn't tell based on the song that the worship team opened with and that awesome video. Today, we're going to be talking about money. That being said, just a quick question. Does anybody want $100? Anybody want 100 bucks? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you either have too much money or you're a filthy liar. Um, but I don't have $100 to give you. I also want $100. So if somebody gives you $100, let send them my way as well. Um, but we're going to be talking about money today. And I figured, why don't we look at some things, some ways that the, wor- that the world describes money? So I have a couple quotes that I want to share with you um, about how the world sees money. Here's the first one. The money that you make is a symbol of the value that you create. Here's another one for you. While money can't buy happiness, it certainly lets you choose your own form of misery. That's a good one. That was my favorite one. Here's the last one. Money is a tool used properly. It makes something beautiful. Used wrong, it makes a mess. Now, it wouldn't be a family Sunday without me talking a little bit about our students. So I went to some of our teens and I asked them, hey, how do you feel about money? Like, tell me, I, I, didn't, I didn't prompt them in any way. I just left the question open-ended. How do you feel about money? And these are some of the quotes they had about money. They said, car insurance stinks. I agree. I don't want to pay hundreds of dollars a month to protect my car. Uh, I like spending it, but I don't like having to save it. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else in the room? Uh, gas is expensive, so that's the worst. Yes, it is true. Gas is very expensive. Uh, money forces us to prioritize it over friendships, and too much used poorly can be bad. See, the topic of money is a topic that churches many times avoid because it's, it's yucky. It's, um, it can be seen as taboo, uncomfortable. But the thing is that money is something very important for believers, If you look at the Bible, there's actually 2,300 verses in the scriptures that reference money in some way, shape, or form, because money is important to God. Here's what I mean by that. I want to illustrate it today by going back to our childhood. Did any of you guys have one of these growing up? Anybody? It's like a piggy bank, yeah? We have one? Okay. So... If you're, if you're not familiar with these, it's a piggy bank for kids. And if you look on the, on the left, there is a bank, which means that's where they would put their coins in to save. In the middle, you have a store. They could put their money in there that they get to spend that day or, or that month or whatever. And then on the right, you have a church. So that's the money that they are to be tithing. So it's a quick way to teach young children on, on what they're supposed to do with their money. So I figured that is a great way for us to go about the sermon today. So we're going to start with the fun one. 
We're going to start with spending this morning. Now, spending is like the fun aunt or uncle that you spend the weekend with while your parents are out of town. And most of what you do is fun, but every once in a while, you end up doing something you might regret. Um, you know, like when I was a kid, my mom left me alone for a weekend with my aunt, and she came back, and I had bleach blonde hair. Um, it only took three days for me to do that. I tried finding a picture to show you all because I love embarrassing myself up here, but my mom lost it. So we'll, we'll get back to that later. If I find it, I'll make sure I get it to you. But spending is for the most part fun. But sometimes spending money can be stressful. And here's what I mean. Here's a couple fun ways you spend money. Maybe you buy that new car you've always wanted or some electronics or new shoes or clothes or vacation or hobbies. And then there's stressful ways that we have to spend our money. Like you have taxes or rent or your mortgage or utilities. Speaking of utilities, does anybody keep the thermostat under lock and key? It stays 66 all winter long. Yeah, that's how my house is. Put more clothes on if you're cold. You're, you're going to be okay. I don't want that electric bill going up because it is a stressful way of spending money to me. But spending here in the West looks a lot different than the way it looks in the rest of the world. And here's what I mean by that. We spend a lot of money on things that we don't necessarily need. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Here's a chart to illustrate this point to you. So this is an average way of how Americans spend their money. Now, a big chunk of the chart is spent in housing, which is true, especially if you live in Denver. Um, but then there's other things in there like uh, $1,833 in clothes. Yeah, right. It's way more than that if we're being honest with ourselves. Um, you got about $3,200 in entertainment. Again, that number seems kind of low to what I think it actually is. Uh, you got $550 up there on alcoholic beverages. I know people that spend that much in a night. So that, I know for a fact, is not even correct. But here's what I'm trying to say by this chart is that a lot of our money we spend on things we don't necessarily need. So what does the Bible say? So the first time that spending is addressed in the scriptures is in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 14.26, and you've heard, you already heard this verse being read, but here it is. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. And do not neglect the Levites living in your towns, for they have no allotment or inheritance of their own. Now, quick side note, the Levites had nothing. They had no money coming to them. They had no money to spend. They relied 
fully on the people around them giving them a lot like me. I rely fully on your donations and your giving to the church. Um, but that's, that's how the Levites made a living. So I think what, what we're trying to get out of this verse is this, that we, we can spend our money on things that we need and on godly things, but at some point we have to give back to some extent. Now, I do find it interesting that the first time that money is mentioned is about tithing as well, but we'll get to that later. I want to look at another part of scripture. Isaiah 55, 1 through 2 says this, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Now, this is God speaking right here. And he's telling us, hey, come get the best of the best. Come get, like, the top shelf of, st- of something that you can get, anything that the, uh, better than anything the world can offer. And that is a relationship with him that is freely given. And then if you keep reading, you kind of can pick up a little bit of a confused tone in this where God is basically asking, why are you chasing happiness in things that are going to leave you empty in the end? Why are you chasing happiness in things that aren't going to satisfy you? Because all those things that you're chasing after aren't going to be around forever. Now, for the record, I don't think that spending money is bad. Or that God doesn't want you to spend money. You know, you buy that house, get that car, go on that vacation. You need food. You need clothes. Please buy clothes and wear the clothes. Like you need all those things in your life. But there are two things that I think we need to focus on when it comes to spending our money. The first thing is this. We should be using the things we spent money on for the kingdom of God whenever possible. And the second one is this, which is our main point for this section Don't allow your material wealth to become your savior or your source of everlasting fulfillment because it will fail you time and time and time again. I promise you that. I came across this quote that wraps the idea up really well, and it says this, with everything money can buy today, we can easily lose our focus and take God for granted, looking for and desiring the material things he can give us rather than desiring him. Looking forward and wanting the things that God blesses us with more than actually looking for a deeper relationship with God. So we're going to pivot now. And if spending is the font aunt or uncle, then we're going to move over to the uptight parent, which is saving. So we're going to start talking about saving now. Now, we all know that saving is extremely important, right? You need a a rainy day fund. You save money for maybe a big purchase, like a new car or a house. The Bible talks about how important it is. You know, in the book of Proverbs, we read, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. The question, though, is how well do we save? How well do we go about saving Now, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent with you. I hate saving. I hate saving because it means that there is a delay in what I actually want to do, which is spend the money. I don't want to save the money. Um, and, And saving means that you are delaying your instant gratification for future gratification. Now, it's easy for some, but for me, it it just isn't. And And I know there's people like me in the room, so here we go. Every relationship, typically, not all, have a spender and have a saver. If you're the spender in your relationship, would you go ahead and raise your hand? 
Yeah, loud and proud. Don't, come on, higher, higher. I'm with you. I see you. You are heard. You are seen. We are all the same. Camaraderie. Okay, you can put your hands down. If you are the saver in the relationship, if you keep the house afloat, would you go ahead and put your hand up? Yes, you guys are super boring, but hey, we need you. Um, Hey, if you are the spender and you have that saver next to you, give them a hug, because if it wasn't for them, you would be living in a cardboard box in an alley somewhere, right next to me. Proverbs 21.20, this one's for, for us spenders. It says this, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. It's talking about how, how a wise man holds on to these precious treasures and oils, but a fool devours those treasures and oils. They, they don't save them. Now, we're going to look at what people back in the day did when it came to their resources, because their resources was their, their type of income. So we're going to look at the story of Joseph in the Old Testament real quick. If you're not familiar with Joseph, here's a, here's a quick recap. Joseph was his dad's favorite son. His brothers were super jealous about it. They threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. A few years later, he ends up in Egypt, and he ascends the rank from lowly slave all the way to the second in command right next to Pharaoh. And the way he does that is by interpreting Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh had been having these dreams and he didn't know what they meant. And so uh, when he told the dreams to Joseph, Joseph told him, hey, this is what they mean. There's going to be seven years here that there's going to be an abundance in the land. There's going to be crops galore. There's going to be cattle. There's going to be resources. Everything is going to be great. And then immediately after those seven years, we're going to get seven years of famine where there will be nothing in the land. No crops are going to grow. You're not going to have any cattle it's going to be a terrible, terrible time. So the whole idea of that was Joseph telling Pharaoh, hey, you should save during those years of plenty. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, We want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Now the issue, I think, for many of us is that, and especially when it comes to young people, is we look at the now. We don't really think about the future when it comes to our finances. We look at what's in front of us, what we want right now. And I think it's, uh, it, it, it's summed up in a heart issue. And here's what I mean by that. We, as a country, as, as a people, are insatiable when it comes to consuming. We cannot stop consuming in almost all aspects of life, but definitely when it comes to acquiring things, we are a consumer-driven nation to the T. Here's some proof. Now, don't lie when I ask this question. You're in church. How many of you have ever come across a little extra money, maybe you didn't account for, 
and you told yourself this in your head, man, this money's burning a hole in my pocket. I got to spend this money. Man, I know that's me. You give me like, like if I find 20 bucks in a pair of jeans that I forgot about, I'm not telling my wife I found 20 bucks. I'm going to go buy something with that. I got I to spend it. Because we are consumers to a fault. Every single one of us in some way. The issue though is the fact that you and I continuously seek satisfaction through things which affect our need and our want to save money when true satisfaction can only be found in God. On the other end, I think there is a possible danger to saving too much money. I know you probably didn't expect to hear me say that, but hear me out. I think there's a danger to saving too much money and swinging that pendulum to the complete other extreme. And here's what I mean by that. When wealth increases beyond basic needs and a reasonable amount of money for the future, you are at risk too. Here's why. Because too much money can lead us once again to rely on the money and not rely on God, who is who we should be relying on fully. Back to the story of Joseph. It teaches us exactly the way that we are to save, though not with the happiest of endings. Um, God provides an abundance. We save from that abundance. And in the future, we get to use that abundance. And more importantly, we get to help other people with that abundance. Now, it's a little bit different the way the Egyptians did it. If you talk to scholars, they actually say that the Egyptians traded that surplus they had to the Israelites for their land and their resources, which ultimately leads the Israelites to become slaves to the Egyptians. Um, so we won't do that part. Ignore that part of the story. Um, but here's a, here's a worldly example of somebody that, is, that used their wealth to do something good. Does anybody know who Mark Cuban is? Mark Cuban, yeah. He's a billionaire. He owns the Dallas Mavericks. He's on the show Shark Tank, which I watch every episode of. Um, and I've only bought two things off of it, so be proud of me. Uh, but Mark Cuban recently uh, came out with an online pharmacy. He, he, he started an online pharmacy. And on this pharmacy, he has over 100 different prescription drugs that you can put your prescription through. And the drugs on there are only marked up 15%. And there's only a $3 pharmacy fee. Now, if you have no idea how markups work in the pharmaceutical world, 15 may sound like a lot. But in the real world, not on this online platform, drugs are usually marked up anywhere from the average, which is 100%, up to 1,000%. So on this website, people can get a drug that usually would cost them $9,000 a month for $47 a month. Now, here's the thing. Mr. Cuban doesn't do this because of his faith. He is actually pretty open about the fact that he's not a religious guy. He was raised Jewish, but he doesn't really believe in anything. He does this because he has more money than he probably knows what to do with and because he saw an issue that needed fixing. But here's how this applies to Christians. Us Christians, as believers, we do things like these. We do good because we know what we've been given in Christ. We know what we've received in Christ. Here's my main point with this, is that God is always going to take care of his people, but it's up to us to be wise with those blessings and bless others when we are able to. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11 says this, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Now, moving on from this one, we're going to go to the one we're most familiar with, and that's tithing. 
Tithing is extremely important, and it's probably the easiest one to talk about in church, right? We do it every Sunday. We just did it. Um, But it's also one of the hardest ones to put into practice if you're really honest with yourself. I was uh, a few years back, I was having a conversation um, with this gentleman. He was a doctor. He had been a doctor for about 20 years, so you could say that he was making a pretty good living. And he had just started attending church, and he knew that I was going to school to be a pastor. And so he asked me, hey, what's the deal with tithing? I said, what do you mean? And he says, you mean to tell me that I have to give 10% of what I make to a church? And I said, "Um, yeah, I mean, that's what the scriptures say. You know, we're supposed to give back to God from from what we make. And he said, you you don't understand though, 10% of my salary is probably the yearly salary for a lot of different people because I make, you know, he made that much money. And, And this whole time he's wrestling with the idea of giving up his money. He's like, this is my money. I've worked for this money. I earned this money. It's my money. And this whole time I'm thinking, there's the issue. The issue is that you keep calling it your money. The issue is that I keep calling it my money. Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 puts it very clear. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Here's a newsflash for you, you ready? All the money in your checking, in your savings, in your Bitcoin, in your portfolio, under your mattress, in your offshore Swiss banking account. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.